Shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Tonight we're going to get into about, I think it's about 13 or 14 different psalms. We're going to read a lot of awesome different psalms. Did you know that the psalms were actually songs? Uh, like the uh, like ancient the ancient hymn book of the believers of old. Now I believe. Let me just say this: I believe that the quote unquote church of the Book of Acts actually sang the Psalms as their hymns. The Psalm book was their hymn book, and they didn't pick it like they do, like people do today, like uh, contemporary Christian music you know, musicians and songwriters do today. They didn't pick and choose a few verses here, nice flowery verses here and flowery verses there to uh, to sing. They sang the whole psalm. I got some interesting things I, I actually want to bring up um, on Friday. I want to I I ask Dr. Snyder. Uh, um, I know he's got a lot of things that he wants to share, but I'm going to ask Dr. Snyder uh, about a few things myself on Friday. And if you guys have any questions, please feel free to do do so. To uh, if you want to ask questions tonight, put them in the live live chat. If uh, if you want to wait until we have Dr. Snyder on on Friday, please do that, and um, I'm sure you'll be you'll be blessed. Dr. Snyder's always a blessing. To have on as well as Will Davis from Sheepdog Ministry. So, anyway, let's start with Psalm one. Psalm one: the righteous and the wicked contrasted. That's the, that's the title. You know, let me just read this. But before I before I read this, uh, I spent um, a fair amount of time today combing through the scriptures. I was combing through the scriptures. Looking for places where it talked about righteous people, righteous people, because you know there's a there's a huge thing going going around today, especially in Christian I, I say modern corrupt Christian circles. Keyword there, corrupt, is that there's none, no, not one, all this kind of thing. But if you read the Bible yourself, and you, I mean, you will find literally scores. I I spent almost all afternoon, kinds of uh, places throughout the Bible where it's about the righteous, righteous men, righteous women, right, righteous as a, righteous as a, uh, like personal. God talks about righteous people many, many times throughout the scriptures. So there are righteous people. There always has been righteous people. Remember, uh, before, I, before I, uh, I don't want to misquote it, I don't want to misquote it. Talking about righteous people. You remember, uh, here we are. Jesus himself said in Matthew 23, 35, and upon you, now he's speaking to the Pharisees of his day. He said, upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, earth from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zechariah, son of Barachias. So even Yeshua identified Abel as being righteous. We know that Genesis chapter 6, verse 9 identifies Noah as being righteous. Genesis chapter 7, verse 1 identifies Noah as being righteous. We got it many times throughout the book of Job, it talks about the righteous people. And Psalms, so many times, so many times it talks about the righteous people. The righteous people. 
Someone asked me a question on TikTok. Do you believe that Paul was true apostle? First of all, let me, let me just let me just define apostle. Okay, when I say apostle, <laughs> that's a big question. When I say apostle, I'm not talking about any of the twelve disciples. There's a big difference between a disciple and apostle. Um, I believe there are many apostles all the way through. I think there are there are many apostles online on YouTube, on TikTok, um, throughout the world. I think that apostles are there. There are many apostles everywhere. Okay, so please don't get don't misunderstand. Uh, the word apostle is just a fancy word that's a transliterated word from the Greek apostolos. And it, it's nothing. It doesn't really mean anything particularly. Uh, special in and of itself. It just means some somebody that's sent to do something. If I send you, for example, if I say, hey, send a message to your friends to tell them to tune into this uh, live stream right now. Now, if you do that, you become an apostle of me. Now, if you ask me something, I become your apostle. If I actually do it, if I'm, if you send me to do something and I do it, I become an apostle of you. Nothing special about it other than you are someone who is sent. So we know, I want to speak very, very objectively. Like I want to talk about facts here. Paul obviously was changed. He was changed. He wasn't the same person um, in Acts chapter 15 as he was in Acts chapter 7. Okay, with with Stephen. Okay, it wasn't the same person. There are many different theories about what happened. Okay, now it says in the book of Acts that Paul had an, a, a, a vision from Jesus. Many people, by the way, have visions from Jesus. I know many people personally that have had visions of Jesus. Okay, again, please don't understand. Yes, that's awesome. That's an that's an amazing experience. It's an amazing experience, and I think everybody should have vision, a vision of, of the Lord, okay? Many people have, but I think many people should, there are many, there are many more that need it. So just because someone has a vision of Jesus doesn't mean every single thing they write is perfect, okay? So at best, Paul was just another brother who had a vision who repented, who was forgiven, at least maybe in part. <laughs> God still had to put him through a lot. Remember in, in the book of Acts, you know, even the Lord said, I will, I will show him how much he's, he will suffer for me. You know, basically he got, he got it. Uh, how would you say? Um, he got it back. I mean, he got payback, right? I mean, he made Christians suffer. Now, now that he, I mean, God turned the tables on him and made him suffer. So, um, yeah, it's a big thing. The problem is a lot of people glorify, deify, and idolize the apostle Paul, unfortunately. I think that he himself would be absolutely horrified uh, of you know, at the um, at the deification of him and his letters, I believe that Paul would. I believe that Paul would have no problem with what I'm saying. 
I believe he would have absolutely no problem with what I'm saying. In fact, I believe he'd probably say, he'd probably cheer me on saying, hey, bud, you're right on, man. I mean, uh, look look at Acts chapter 15. The the uh, the twelve like uh, the the disciples Peter and James and the and the elders of the church the leaders of the church they didn't really put much credibility on Paul at all Acts chapter twenty one he actually was in big trouble with 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 the church okay so take it for what it is uh, I do not believe what man says about Paul I believe what the scriptures I believe what um, what we learned, I believe what Paul says about himself, basically, um, he said in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he, he's not even worthy to be called an apostle. He said that he's the least of all the apostles. What, what do Christians do? They look at that and they say, oh, Paul said he's, oh, it says in the word of God that Paul is the least of the apostles. What does that mean? That means he's the greatest of the apostles. Then they, and they say he's the greatest. It's like, hello? Have you not just read that you're supposed to believe the Bible, aren't you? So, yeah, um, I believe the historical accounts of Paul for what who for who he really was. That's what I believe, not for what your pastor or your favorite evangelist would say. I want the truth. That's what I want. I don't want some churchianity's filtered view and deification or idolizing Paul. I want the truth. That's what I want. Over there on YouTube, by the way, I'm on YouTube live as well right now. Vinny says, uh, shalom, everyone. Always awesome to see you all. Always awesome to see you as well, Vinny. Welcome, welcome. Blessings multiply to you. Someone says, if you call yourself the least of the apostles, then you are the humblest apostle. <laughs> Some people would disagree with that, uh, you know, because you see uh, in, in Numbers chapter 12, it says that Moses was the most humble man of all the earth. OK, he was the least of all the earth, basically. Um, and um, many people, they would say, hey, how can Mo- Moses write that? That's supposed to be written by Moses, right? If Moses wrote that, he's basically saying he's the he's the the lowest of all low. That's not humble. Okay. But, you know, and also as well, Paul, uh, he may sound like, oh, I'm the least of the apostles, but he is the only one out of all Jesus, the 12, and all the other apostles like Barnabas and all these other apostles that is, that is listed in the scriptures. Um, Paul is the only one who says, my gospel. If you disagree with my gospel, it's like you are accursed. Uh, like you, like, you know, um, I mean, he really, uh, you got to take it with a grain of salt and you got to look at all angles. Okay, got to look at all look at all angles. I know Jewish people, especially, they would read that and they would say, "Look at this! This this man is really like he's making himself out to be almost like the Lord Himself because he's he's saying, hey, um, you know, basically, I got the only truth, more or less.' I mean, he didn't say that directly, as you know, but you know what I'm saying." 
he called the uh, 12 disciples the super apostle. I'm not, I'm not any, he said, he also said, I'm not the least inferior to the super apostles. So again, Paul seems to be like, as he always does, it seems he, he's, <laughs> he says one thing, then he says the exact opposite. He says, I'm not the least inferior to the super apostles. And then he said, I'm the least of the apostles. It's like he says in Galatians chapter three, um, if I, if God said seed and not seeds, therefore it's one and not many. By the way, that's, that's completely, that's a completely nonsense anyway, because seed means many. Read it in, in Genesis where God said to Abraham, your seed will be as numerous as the stars of the sky. It means many. Obviously, it means many. But Paul says, well, he said seed and not seeds. Therefore, it's one and not many. Oh, and then at the end, that very same chapter, at the very same chapter at the end, Paul said to the church of Galatia, to the church, to many people, to the quote unquote saints, he said, you are the seed of Abraham. What, Paul? I thought you said <laughs> uh, we're, something is missing here, Paul. Something went wrong. You know, it's just like how he said, I'm the least of the apostles in one book. In the other book, he says, I am not the least of the, I'm, I, um, let me just see here. I'll look it up. I am, what is it? Like, I'm not, uh, the inferior to the super apostles. Oh yeah, there it is. First Chronicle, first Corinthians, excuse me, not Chronicles. Actually, he said it twice. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse five. Let me just show you guys on YouTube. I can share my screen on YouTube. So there you go. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse five. I do not think I am the least inferior to those super apostles. And then the next chapter, the very same book, uh, chapter 12, verse 11, I have made, I have made a fool of myself, but, but, uh, but you drive me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, but, uh, for I am not, for I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I'm nothing he said here. So it's, it sounds like he's, um, you know, he's at the very least, he's difficult to understand, right? At the very least. It says here, but, but Paul said that some of his writings were inspired by Jesus. Where did he say that? I know he said that he was. Um, let me just, let me just. I'll ask you first, okay? Where did he say that? Because depending on what what uh, context. And again, I I encourage you guys if you are if you're listening to me. I mean, if you've already made up your mind, Paul is the perfect. He's he's my perfect idol, and I follow Paul. Then you know whatever. I mean, you're gonna have to answer for it, not me. Um, so I just want to know where you're, uh, where you're getting that from. Uh, 
Nanya Biz, Mike says, uh, don't you have videos on this? Can we move along? Yes, Mike, we will move along. Um, uh, you know what, Mike, uh, there has been so many things over the past several years. Um, in fact, almost, almost everything that I've, we've been sharing, I've been sharing with you, Mike, uh, I've had videos on, but you see people come around and they don't know what they're talking about. Um, and so, you know, I could just quit right now and say, you know, I got videos on everything you guys need, you know, to know, and just, you know, just quit right now. But, you know, um, new people come along and, uh, sometimes, sometimes I have to, uh, I have to repeat some of the things I've said before in the past. Um, the tower time. Tower time says, Shalom, brothers and sisters, bless y'all. Shalom, brother, blessings multiplied to you. Fearfully confident says, Shalom. Shalom, welcome to you and welcome on TikTok as well. Okay, guys, let, let us indeed get to... Psalm chapter one. Blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners. In the footnotes, the way of sinners. What does that mean, stand in the way of sinners? Basically, if you are if you are walking the way, if you are living like sinners. If you are walking on that path, basically. So blessed is a person who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. Let me ask everyone listening tonight and I know there might be a few new people, especially over there, over there on TikTok. Do you delight in the Torah? Do you delight in the law of the Lord? The word of God says, blessed are you if you delight in the law of the Lord. Personally, I think a lot of people actually, they do the opposite. They blaspheme the law of the Lord. A lot of people do. Not everybody, of course, but a lot, especially Christian, a lot of people who come from the what I would call corrupt Christian uh, backgrounds. Um, they blaspheme the law of the Lord. Oh, the law is a burden. Oh, the law cannot be cannot be obeyed. It's you know it, it's impossible to obey it. Oh, the law is bondage. Oh, the law is a curse. Yada yada yada. No. First Psalm. The first Psalm says, "Blessed." you if you delight in the law of the Lord. Moving on, and on his law, he meditates day and night. Now, that's a big one right there. I mean, we can, we can stop right here. Talk about stopping, you know, Mike, talk about stopping at something and not repeating and, you know, not going anywhere, you know, not saying too much, not, not over speaking here. We can just stop right here, shut down and say, okay, we need to meditate on the Torah day and night. Goodbye. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what the scriptures say. That's what it says. We need to meditate day and night on the Torah. Verse 3. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. Wow. 
See, there's blessing. It's not a curse. It's blessing to meditate on the Lord, on the law of the Lord, to delight in the law of the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. You know why there are so many Christians today who are so um, oppressed and burdened and so, oh, I need prayer. Oh, the devil's attacking me. Oh, yada, this and that and everything. You know why? Because they don't delight in the law of the Lord and they don't meditate upon the Torah day and night. Therefore, they're not a tr- they're not like a tree planted by the streams of water. They're more like a dried up bush in the middle of a desert. They're not like a tree planted by streams of water. Not just a not just a you know a luscious tree that's well watered, but also which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And and in whatever he does, he prospers. In whatever he does, he prospers. Awesome. Verse four, the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff, which the wind blows away. Uh, Just, let me just, let me just double check this before I actually make a statement of fact here. Yeah, Rua. Okay. So this word, this word wind here is actually the word Hebrew word ruach, spirit, spirit. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff, which the spirit blows away. This worthless chaff. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the, in the assembly of the righteous. Look at the assembly of the righteous. I do not believe any Paulian that would tell me that there is none righteous, no, not one. No, there, it's right here. It's, not, it's more than just one that are righteous. It's assembly of the righteous. We have a whole bunch of people that are righteous here. If there was no such thing as righteous people, then this would be absurd to say. This would, this would be an absurd statement. Verse 6, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous. <laughs> yeah. But the way of the wicked will perish. Psalm 2. Psalm 2. I read the psalm and I'll check your comments and questions just a second. Give me give me a moment here to read this. Psalm chapter two: The reign of the Lord's anointed. Why are the nations restless? The nations, uh, the Gentiles, the goyim, goyim, the Gentiles. Okay. Why are the Gentiles res- restless and the people plotting in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers conspire together against the Lord. You know what? That's what they're doing today, aren't they? There are many, many people all around the world, many, many governments that are conspiring against the Lord. You might say, how so? Well, they believe they know better. They believe they know better than the Bible. They believe they know better than God's wisdom that is brought to us through the scriptures because they make laws and they make statements that are completely contrary to that of the law of God. 
And the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. Okay, the word anointed here, uh, Messiah, Mashiach. Verse 4, he who sits in the heaven laughs out of any, out of any, out of all the, the, the scriptures. You, you hardly find a place where it says that God is actually laughing. But this is, a, this is one of those places. This is one of those places. God actually thinks it's a joke. Okay. He thinks it's a joke that kings, that the, that the governments of this earth would conspire against him and against his anointed. It's a joke. It makes them laugh. I can just imagine him almost rolling around in laughter. Like, you gotta be kidding me. He who sits in the heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger. And terrify them in his fury, saying, quote, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. Unquote. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have fathered you. Ask of me. And I will certainly give you the nations, the, the Gentiles, as your inheritance. Who says? Who says that Jesus is only for the Jews? I've had people tell me that. Jesus is only for the Jews. He only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Um, well, at one point in time, that's what that was his focus. But now it's different. His, he, his focus is the nations, not just that. Well, of course, he never lost sight of his precious and holy people, the, the children of Israel. But he, his also, he also has the nations, the Gentiles, the goyim. And the ends of the earth as your possession. You break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Hmm. There's your meek little mild Jesus there, taking a rod of iron and breaking the goyim, shattering them like pottery. Verse 10, now then, you kings, use insight. Let yourselves be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son that he, that he, that he not be angry and you perish on the way for his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Mike says, don't be sarcastic. I know you're, I know I speak of your, Mike, if I'm sarcastic, the only reason why, first of all, you need to kind of ask yourself, educate yourself a little bit. Ask, ask yourself, why would this particular gentleman be sarcastic? 
Let me give you a hint because people need to see the contrast. They have only been shown one side of the, the coin far too long. They need to see the other side. That's why. They need to have it contrasted. If they don't, they don't know any better. And you, there are many, many, many people today who just don't know better. And they need to have, to see a little bit of sarcasm in order to get, in order to get it. Psalm 14, Mike, Mike quotes Psalm 14, none are righteous. Yeah, it says very clearly who, the, who they are. Uh, I'm, again, uh, Mike, I, I'm going to have to, you don't want me to repeat myself. Earlier, you said, don't you have videos on this? I do. Uh, I have videos on that particular thing, uh, Psalm 14 as well. I spoke about it in, in great detail. And apparently either number one, you've never saw those videos, never heard them, or number two, you just don't understand. Okay. It says very clearly in Psalm 14 that they're, these people are people who do not believe in God. They do not call upon God. They eat the people of God like bread. Okay. They eat the people of God like bread. Of course, that's not everybody. Of course, that does not apply to David. David is a man after God's own heart. He's not an atheist who does not call upon. He's not someone who abuses the people of God. Not, not just abuses the people of God, but eats them like bread, like has them for dinner. No, Goliath, maybe, but not the people of God. Mike says, you're, you, uh, Paul is quoting the Old Testament, not lying. Mike, are you a Paulian? You just made the point, many are righteous, so Paul must be lying. Well, you said Paul's not lying. I would highly recommend, Mike, you get some education. Okay, Paul misquoted Psalm 14 and Psalm 53, for that matter. In fact, Paul misquoted almost every passage that he that he tried to quote. I challenged, I said, I put the challenge out there before. Talk about repeating. And like I said, sometimes I need to repeat because some people don't get it. The, the, the challenge was: show me one passage that Paul said that wasn't misquoted. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's that he didn't that he misquoted everything. I'm just I'm just making a point. It's 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 not easy. That's the point. Okay. Paul said there's none righteous, no, not one. That's a misquote. The word righteous in the Hebrew is Sadiq. And this is the reason why that many people who are educated question whether Paul knew much Hebrew at all. First of all, he, he of his own uh, uh, his own admission, he wasn't from the Holy Land. He was he was in Tarsus. He was Paul of Tarsus. He was he was 
born in, he, I mean, he, he was from a Greco-Roman city, not a Jewish city. The fact that he made a huge blunder in his Hebrew in Genesis chapter 3 is proof to many people that he didn't know Hebrew very well. The fact that he said none are righteous instead of, see, he, Hebrew for righteous is Sadiq. That's not what it says in, Rome, in, in uh, Psalm 14 or Psalm 53. Mike, get, do yourself a favor. Get yourself some education. There's a huge difference between Sadiq and, and Tov, okay? Paul quoted it as if it says Sadiq. It's not what it says. And of course, it doesn't apply to everybody. Of course, it doesn't. The very person who wrote Psalm 14 is a, is a person who write, writes all of these psalms that clearly he's a, he's a man who's calling on God and who loves God and is not eating God's people like bread. And someone who is a man after God's own, God's own heart, someone who, who knows and uh, believes in God. Next psalm is Psalm 15. Psalm 15, description of a citizen of Zion, Psalm of David. Lord, who may reign in your tent? Who may settle on your holy hill? One who walks with integrity, practices righteousness, and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor do evil to his neighbor, nor bring shame on his friend. A despicable person is despised in his eyes, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He takes an oath to his own detriment and does not change. He does not lend his money at interest, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. One who does these things will never be shaken. The appropriate Roger, good to see you, brother. Blessings. Uh, Roger says, uh, how could he have been a student of Gamal? Hey, that's exactly what a lot of people say. There are a lot of problems. I'm sorry, I, I didn't read I didn't read the rest of your comment, but I just gotta I just gotta speak what come to my mind right now. That's what that's exactly what a lot of people say. It's like, how could he said, there there are a lot of things between the book of Acts and the letters of Paul, just just that alone. Not not even talking about how Paul uh at least how he is interpreted how it goes against the teachings of Yeshua as well. And all of the teachings of the Tanakh, by the way. But, I mean, it's just so much, so much uh, that's, so much to talk about. However, yeah, how can he be a student of Gamaliel? In Acts chapter 5, Gamaliel, Gamaliel made a ruling. For those of you who don't know, Gamaliel was one of the leading Jewish um uh, was leaders of the Sanhedrin in, in the days. The Sanhedrin was like a Jewish court. It's actually an extension of Moses' 70 judges. Uh, so Gamaliel was like the head of the Jewish court. It was, it's almost like the, you know, the supreme justice of the, you know, it's like the chief justice of the United, of the Supreme Court of the United States. That's what Gamaliel was like. Okay. Gamaliel said, when questioned about the Christians, he said, Leave them alone. 
Leave them alone. Let them be. Don't bother them. That was in Acts chapter 5. But Paul, who supposedly was a, was a student of Gamaliel or follower of Gamaliel, obviously did not listen to Gamaliel at all. He did the opposite. Oh, my master says, leave the Christians alone. I think I'll just persecute them unto the death. That's what I'll do. What kind of follower is that? Mike says Peter supported him. Again, Mike, please get yourself some education before you leave these kind of comments. It is pretty much a across-the-board census that 2 Peter was not written by Peter. It's a forgery. Now, it's not me saying that. I'm, t I'm telling you what your Christian scholars say. And anybody with, again, with the education and with the facts before them and the evidence before them. Please, get yourself some education. Deidre says, Shalom fa family. May the Ruach be among this conversation and bless Christopher to bring forth the truth. Amen. Thank you very much, Deidre. And blessings and Shalom multiplied back to you. Good to see you. Welcome. Jerry says, I believe Gamaliel was a believer in secret. It's hard to say. I, I, I you know, very well could have been. Okay, you guys have been chatting here. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, Jerry talks about the uh, Nazarene Acts of the Apostles, the recognitions of Clement. It has abundant testimony by Peter, which did not get into our canon. Yes, as, as well as the um, Clementine homilies as well. Uh, they do as well. Um, One John says, uh, Stephen was stoned for blasphemy, saying that uh, Christ is a Messiah, and also for condemning the star, their star, not for teaching against Torah. Okay. Deidre says, Peter would paraphrase the Old Testament all the time. Um, who says they are misquoting? Uh, do you think they would... You, do we think they would quote the King James Version? Um, okay, so actually, if you, it, uh, you said Peter, I'm talking about Paul, okay? Um, Paul is known very well amongst uh, the, in the Jewish world. The people who have been taught Hebrew and biblical Hebrew since they were toddlers. Uh, they know the, the Hebrew very, very well. Um, and they are appalled at the way that Paul quotes, uh, I should say misquotes, uh, the Bible so much, the, the Tanakh. Um, let me just give you one example. Okay. This is just one example. I'm not, you know, this is something that I, we could spend all night talking. This is another whole night, uh, talking about this kind of thing, but Say, for example, uh, Romans chapter 11. Okay, so um, just give me a second here. Bible Hub. Let's go to 
I'm just going to go to Romans chapter 11 to give you just to give you an example. If I quoted the word of God like Paul did, people would be jumping down my th- I, I'd be I'd be crucified. If if I quoted the word of God like Paul did. Romans chapter 11 verse 26. 25. Let me start at verse 25. Okay. Paul wrote and he said, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, uh, so that you have, you may not, excuse me, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, quote, okay. Here Paul is quoting, as, and we know this because it says, as it is written. Okay. The, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godless, godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take, when I take away their sins. Okay. So compare that with... Um, This would be Isaiah, chapter 59, verse 20, 21 as well. Okay, it says, the Redeemer will come to Zion. Oh, wait a second. What did Paul say? The Deliverer will come from Zion. What does the the scriptures actually say? The Redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who repent of their sins declares the Lord. The deliverer will come from Zion and he will turn godlessness away from Jacob and this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Hmm. Okay, so I mean, you compare what Paul said with the Hebrew, this is what we get. Okay, and there, time and time and time again, um, again, I'm not talking about King James Version. I'm talking about literally comparing it with the Hebrew. Comparing it with the Hebrew. This is why a lot of Jewish people say, look, at Paul just changed the Bible to fit his own doctrine. Again, this is not what I'm saying. This, I'm just telling you, this is what, this is what they perceive. This is what they perceive. What we need to do when we, when we run across a quote from, from the New Testament of the Tanakh, we should go and check it out. Don't just read it and take it, you know, at face value. Go and check it out. It's just, a, again, I'm not going to talk all that. I, mean, I just give you a little bit of an example, but uh, on top of that, um, I just, you know, again, I want to get through with uh, our readings tonight in the, in, the, in the Psalms. And that's a huge topic, I understand. And by the way, for those of you in the chat, I know there's a lot of stuff going. There's a lot of chatter in the chat. So if you got a question specifically for me, you want to direct your direct my attention to something, please just put uh, at Christopher in the live chat and I will 
pay special attention to that. All right. So back to the Psalms, Psalm 22. Awesome Psalm, by the way. Psalm 22, for the music director upon Aileth Hashahar, a Psalm of David. Verse 1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Of course, we know that this is talking about quoting. This is a quote of uh, actually Yeshua, as it is written in the Gospels, actually quoted this as he was on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my help are the words of my groaning. My God, I cry out by day, but you did not answer. You do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Yet you are holy. Yet you are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you rescued them. To you they cried out and they fled to safety. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a person a disgrace of mankind and despised by the people. All who see me deride me. They sneer when they shake their heads, saying, Turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him. Let him rescue him, because he delights in him. Now remember, th as I read this, think about the context of this actually being Yeshua speaking this from the cross. The whole, the whole psalm, like in context. Let's not take just the first verse, but the whole psalm, because this whole psalm is, is literally, literally the same. It's the same person that's speaking. Verse 6, but I am a worm and not a person. I suppose when someone is crucified, hanging on a cross and, and uh, having been flogged and beat and ridiculed and mocked as much as Yeshua was, uh, it would that would be perfectly reasonable to to uh, expect a person to say that. But I am a worm and not a person, a disgrace of mankind and despised by the people. Reminds me of Psalm um, Isaiah fifty three: despised and rejected of men. All who see me deride me. They sneer. They shake their heads, saying. Turn him over to the Lord. Let him save him. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. You may trust when upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. I guess that could be talking about when he was brought before Simeon when he was a little child, when he was a little baby. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, for there is no one to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. Remember, let me just say this uh, in a, as a little bit of a footnote here. According to the book of Enoch, the bulls are actually like the, um, it's actually like the, the, the rulers, um, the men of God, actually. 
many bulls. It could have been in those days, perhaps even like um, the like the high priest or um, uh, people of high stature. Patriarchs would be considered to be bulls. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls. Now this this bull. This this word bulls is not in the original, as we know that because it's in italics. Strong, like for all you know, for all that is worth, it couldn't be men. Strong men of Bashan have encircled me. They opened their mouths wide at me as a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. So, stop here for a second. Why would all of his bones be out of joint? Because of the beating that he's that he received. Now, many people would say, like, okay, let me just say this. <laughs> I have those are beloved Jewish brothers and sisters who do not believe in Yeshua would say that this this psalm is actually David speaking. But when was David actually beaten that hard that his, all of his bones were out of joint. Just a question. And my heart is like wax that melts within me. So I believe that's because of the lo loss of blood um, from Yeshua. My heart is like wax. It, it, is melted, it is melted within me. In other words, he doesn't have any strength. My strength is dried up like a piece of pottery. Notice uh, in the Hebrew, let me just stop here for a second. Notice in the Hebrew, we, we, ha we always have like repeats of meaning, right? I'm poured out like water. In other words, I'm, I, I lost my strength. My, all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. Again, we have in the Hebrew, there are rhymes of meanings, not like songs in the English world where there are rhymes of words, you know, words, birds. <laughs> those kind of things, those kind of rhymes. But in the Hebrew is different. It's not rhymes. Uh, it's not, fin, fin, um, how would you call it? Phonetic rhymes. It is meaning, the, the, the actual meaning of the phrases are right. I am poured out like water. I am, uh, my heart's melted like wax. My strength is dried up like a piece of pottery, okay? My tongue clings to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. Again, remember, um, in the context, in the cultural context of those days, um, and, uh, uh, it, uh, excuse me, um, talking about like the Book of Enoch, the Book of Enoch clearly uh, set, talks about how different Animals represent different peoples. Uh, this is why this is why Yeshua called a the Syrophoenician woman a dog. But the dogs for dogs have surrounded me. You know, um, dogs. Certain people have surrounded me. A band of evildoers have encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Yeah, I mean that's a very clear picture of the. Um, Crucifixion there. However, uh, I think it's important for everyone to know that uh, in the Hebrew, there is an alternate interpretation here. And I think this might have it in the um, footnotes. And that is the, yeah, like a lion, like a lion, um, like a lion, my, 
basically like a lion they are at my let me see here um where did it go here yeah they are pierced my hands my feet in other words like a lion they're at my my hands and feet it's another interpretation of it it's very important i think that everybody is aware of that because if you're talking to a, one of our beloved jewish brothers and sisters and you mention this if they're knowledgeable about this passage and about the hebrew especially they'll probably throw that in your face saying no it doesn't say pierced it says like a lion just so you are aware of that verse 17 I can count all my bones. They look and they stare at me. They divide my garments among them and they cast my they cast lots for my clothing. I can count all my bones. Now again, obviously this wouldn't be literally, but figuratively speaking because he was torn apart so much, especially uh again culturally speaking if we're talking about Yeshua being flogged uh, in the cultural context, they would have used a Roman cat of nine tails, which is simply a whip that has like nine different strands to the, it's like nine whips in one. And on the end of each one of these, uh, um, what would you call it? Strings of, or on the end of the whip, on the end of each one of these, um, of the nine, uh, what'd you call that? I'm the lost for words here. You know what I'm talking about? At the end of each one of those nine whips, um, there's a there's tied a piece of glass or bone or something sharp to actually rip rip the skin uh, and perhaps even muscle off of people. Um, so that's um, that could be why it says and it, I can count all my bones. And again, obviously, it's not literally meaning you know 100 literal absolute because that'd be impossible to do. Um, I mean from viewing it anyway verse 19 but you lord do not be far far away okay so again in context according to the according to christian theology verse 1 is what yeshua spoke in first person so this this psalm would be in the first person of actually jesus speaking so in that context uh yeshua would be praying and in his prayers, he'd be praying to yod heh wow heh or yod heh vav heh as a third, as, as, you know, as, as another person. Uh, but you, Lord, do not be far away. You who are my help, hurry to my assistance. Save my soul from the sword. My only life from the power of the dog. In the footnotes, from the power of the dog, from the paw, from the paw of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth. So, so in this context, since he's, he's talking about lions down here, it would go with this in verse 16, where it says in the alternate reading in the Hebrew, like a lion, they, you know, they basically, they tear at my hands and my feet. Save me from the lion's mouth. From the horns of the wild oxen, you answer me. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Now, what does this mean? Again, if this is Yeshua speaking, he's talking about the resurrection here. 
I will proclaim, even though I'm at the door of death, so to speak, and I'm torn apart, there is hope. I will proclaim your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, all you descendants of Israel. All you descendants here, the word descendants again is seed. Now again, that word seed in the Hebrew, zera is not in, in, in plural form. It's not zeraim, it's zera. It's like, sorry, Paul, I think you got, I think you made a huge mistake there in Galatians chapter three, saying that what well, it says to seed and not to seeds, that means one and not to many. Um, no, seed means many. In most cases, it means many. Just like how sheep means many, not just one. Although it can mean one, it, 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 in most cases, it would mean many. Verse 24, for he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. From you comes my praise in the great assembly. I shall pay my vows before those who fear him. The afflicted will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Now again, the afflicted will eat. The word afflicted here in the Hebrew, very closely related to the humble. You see what the footnote says here. The poor, the poor, yeah, the humble, the poor, or the poor in spirit. May your heart live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations, the goyim, the Gentiles, will worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. Just to, uh, let me just go back to, um, Psalm 22. He rules over the nations. Goy, yeah, the Goy. So that, it's talking about the Gentiles. Goy or going goy is a, is a means Gentiles basically. Goy or goyim. All the prosperous of the earth will eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Even he who cannot keep his soul alive, a posterity will serve him. It will be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They will come and will declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has performed it. Beautiful, beautiful. Psalm 23. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. We all know this one. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not be in need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for the, for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. 
your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. I just, as I was reading this, I thought about Acts chapter 15 when they, they spoke in the presence, the leaders of the church spoke in the presence of the, we got the, we got the Pharisees were there. We got Paul that was there, although they didn't let Paul have a word in edgewise, more or less. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Certainly goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 24. The king of glory entering Zion, or Zion in the Hebrew. A psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. The world and those who live in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who may ascend unto the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? Reminds me of that song that from Maranatha singers. Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? You know that song? Not sure if you guys know that or not. One who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to deceit and has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, and be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates, and lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of armies. He is the king of glory. Selah. Psalm 47. God, the king of the earth. For the music director, a psalm of the sons of Korah. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of joy. For the Lord Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdues people un peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chooses our inheritance for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. Selah. God has ascended with a shout. The Lord with the, sh with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm of wisdom. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people have assembled as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is 
highly exalted. Psalm 68. Psalm 68, the God of Sinai and of the sanctuary. For the music director, a psalm of David, a song. May God arise, may his enemies be scattered, and may those who hate him flee from his presence. As smoke is driven away, so drive away. As wax melts before a fire, so the wicked will perish before God. But the righteous, again, we have the righteous here. Who says there's none righteous? No, not one. Who says that? Certainly there are none righteous of a certain group, but not all, because we have spoken of the righteous scores of times, literally, literally scores of times throughout the Bible. But the righteous will be joyful. Yes, they will be. They will rejoice before God. Yes, they will rejoice with gladness. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Exalt him who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord, and be jubilant before him. As a father, a father of the fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy dwelling. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. Only the rebellious live in parched lands. God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the, through the desert, Selah, the earth quaked, the heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God. The God of Israel, you made plentiful rain fall, God. You confirmed your inheritance. When it was parched, your creatures settled in it. Your loving kindness, in loving kindness, excuse me, you provided for the poor, God. The Lord gives the command. The women who proclaim good news are a great army. Kings of armies flee. They flee. And remains at home will divide the spoils. When you lie down among the sheepfolds, you are like the wings of a dove covered with silver and its pinions with glistening gold. When the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing in Zalman. The mountain of Bashan is a mountain of God. The mountain of Bashan is a mountain of many peaks. Why do you look with envy, you mountains of many peaks, at the mountain of God has desired at his dwelling. Excuse me, at the mountain God has desired as his dwelling. Indeed, the Lord will dwell there forever. The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. That reminds me where the, when the, in the man when the man of God prayed for his servant that that God, the Lord would open his eyes to see that there were more with them than with the enemy army and, they, and then uh, God showed them all of the hosts of the thousands upon thousands of angels that were with them fighting 
The chariots of God are myriads, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them at Sin as at Sinai in holiness. You have ascended on high. You have led captive your you have received gifts among people, even among the rebellious as well, that the Lord may dwell there. Now we know this is a passage that is referred to um, in the New Testament in regards to Yeshua's ascend, ascension to the right hand of God. Um, just out of curiosity, let's have a look at the Septuagint version of this. Thou art gone up on high, thou hast led captivity captive, thou hast received gifts for man, yea, for they were rebellious, that thou mightst dwell among them. A little bit different. There we are. Verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who, dw who daily bears our burden, the God who is our salvation, Selah. God is to us a God of salvation, and to God, Lord, belong ways of escape from death. God certainly will shatter the heads of his enemies, the hairy head of one who goes about in his guilt. And the word head here in the um, footnotes, skull. Verse, verse 22, the Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea so that your foot may shatter them. In blood, and the tongue of your dogs may have its portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, God, the procession of God, my king, into the sanctuary. The singers went on, the musicians after them, in the midst of the young women beating tambourines. Blessed, bless God in the congregations, even the Lord. You who are the fountain of Israel, Benjamin the youngest is there, ruling them, the leaders of Judah in their company, the leaders of Zebulun, the leaders of Naphtali. Your God has commanded your strength. Show yourself strong, God, you who acted in, your, in our behalf. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, kings will bring gifts to you. Rebuke the animals in the reeds the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples, trampling the pieces of silver. He has seized the peoples who delight in war. Messengers will come from Egypt. Cush will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord, Selah. To him who rides upon the highest heavens, which are from ancient times. Behold, he speaks with his voice, a mighty voice. Ascribe strength to God. His majesty is over Israel. His strength and his strength is in the skies. God, you are awesome from your sanctuary. The God of Israel himself gives strength and power to the people. Blessed be God. Psalm 89.
The Lord's covenant with David and Israel's afflictions. A maskil of Ethan the Azrahite. I will sing of the graciousness of the Lord forever. Remember, you dispensationalists, this is in the quote-unquote age of the law, as you would, as you want to say, although it's all nonsense. But I will sing of the graciousness of the Lord forever. To all generations, I will make your faithfulness known with my mouth. For I have said, graciousness will be built up forever. In the heavens, you will establish your faithfulness. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. I will establish your descendants forever and build up your throne to all generations. Selah. The heavens will praise your wonders, Lord. Your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in eyes is comparable to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty is like the Lord? A God greatly feared in the council of the holy ones and awesome above all those who are around him. Lord God of armies, who is like you, mighty Lord, your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the surging of the sea. When its waves rise, you calm them. You yourself crushed Rahab or Rahab like one who is slain. You scattered your enemies with your mighty arm. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains, you have established them. The north and south, you have created them. Tabor and Her. Ramon, shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. Lord, when they walk in the light of your face. Excuse me. Lord, they walk in the light of your face. In your name. They rejoice all the day, and by your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, and our King to the Holy One of Israel. Once you spoke in vision to your godly ones, and said, I have given help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found my servant David. With my holy oil, I have anointed him, with whom my hand will be established. My arm also will strengthen him. The enemy will not deceive him, nor will the son of wickedness afflict him. But I will crush his adversaries before him and strike those who hate him. My faithfulness and my favor will be with him, and in my name his horn will be exalted, and I, al I will also place his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He will call to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. I will also make him my firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. I will maintain my favor for him forever and my covenant shall be confirmed to him. So I will establish his descendants forever.
and his throne as the days of heaven. For his sons abandon my law and do not walk in my judgments. If they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their wrongdoing with the rod and their guilt with afflictions. But I will not withhold my favor from him, nor deal falsely for my, or in my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His descendants shall endure forever, and his throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, and a witness in the sky. Okay, here we go again. Do we have audio again? Okay, so it looks like we I got audio. Sorry about that, guys. Once again, uh, it's acting up again here. My apologies, but again, this is beyond my control. The internet connection just dropped on me here. Um, what's the last verse that I read fully? What's the last verse that I read completely? Could somebody let me know in the, in the live chat? Just wondering if you can let me know in the live chat over there on YouTube. What's the last verse? Okay. So 1 John says 5 by 5 now. Okay. All right, good. Good to know that. Thank you. Um, okay. Those of you who are on YouTube, I'm not sure. Uh, okay. I'm not getting any. Uh, I'm not seeing anything in the live chat other than one John. The, the only message I'm seeing in the live chat over there on YouTube right now, the only one I see right now is just one John. He says five by five. So anything that happened before that or anything after that, I don't see. If there's anything after that, I don't see that. My apologies, but just wondering. Um, okay. I'm just going to back up a few verses then and read from <laughs> Psalm 94 says, hello. Well, hello. Um, a witness in the sky was last. Um, one John says, a witness in the sky was last. Okay. Uh, where was that? Okay, I'll read that verse and then I'll pick up from there. Sorry about that, guys. Again, it's the internet connection here. Um, beyond my control. I'm going to have to file a complaint about that. Okay, let's begin again. This is Psalm 89, verse... I'm going to start where I left. Well, I'm going to read 37 again. It shall be established forever like the moon and a witness in the sky... And a witness in the sky is faithful, say, but you have rejected and refused. You have been full of wrath against your anointed. You have repudiated the covenant of your servant. You have profaned his crown in the dust. You have broken down all his walls. You have broken, you have brought his strongholds to ruin. 
all who pass along the way plunder him. He has become a disgrace to his neighbors. You have exalted the right hand of his adversaries. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You also turn back the edge of the sword, the edge of his sword. You have not made him stand in battle. You have put an end to his splendor and cast his throne to the ground. You have shortened the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame, Selah. How long, Lord, will you hide your will you hide yourself forever? Will your wrath burn like fire? Remember what my lifespan is, for what futility you have created all excuse me, for what futility you have created all the sons of mankind. What man can live and not see death? Can he save his soul from the power of Sheol? Selah? Where are your former acts of favor, Lord, which you swore to David in your faithfulness? Remember, Lord, the taunt against your servants, how I carry my heart in my heart, the taunts of all the many peoples with which your enemies have taunted, Lord, with which they have taunted the footsteps of your anointed. Blessed be the, the Lord forevermore. Amen and amen. Okay, let me just get to, um, I will get, I just want to get to the other Psalms here. The other Psalm here. Um, we have Will. Uh, Sheepdog Ministry says, Shalom, my friend. Shalom, Will. Great to see you, brother. Um, yeah, just about maybe 10 minutes ago or so, uh, maybe not even that long, uh, we had a technical difficulty again when, um, the internet connection dropped here. Uh, so if there's anybody that has submitted questions or comments and uh, um, you put the at Christopher sign in, you know, in there, uh, my apologies. I, I don't have access to those. Um, I had to refresh everything. I had to basically reboot things here. So, um, I don't have access to that. Um, and the software I'm using, it doesn't, it doesn't allow me to go back to the previous comments. So if anybody, if, if any of you have, uh, submitted questions, um, I apologize. Could you please, uh, if you will, uh, resubmit them, put them again as at Christopher, uh, then I will see them and I can post them. In the meantime, anybody else has any questions uh, as well, please put at Christopher there. That way that'll, that'll stand out to me and, uh, and I will get to them as we go along. Psalm 96. Psalm 96. So we got a few more Psalms here to read. Psalm 96. A call to worship the Lord, the righteous judge. Verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the, the good news of his salvation from day to day. By the way, guys, I was just thinking about this as I, I was reading Sing to the Lord, a new song. Did you guys know that the, the Bible like originally was sung, or I should say the scriptures were actually sung originally. And they actually still do this today in most Jewish synagogues when they're reading, especially when they read the Torah, they sing it. Um, 
uh, it's actually more like a chant slash singing. It's what they call trope. And so they, they have like a certain, um, they have like a certain tune that they kind of sing along. They, they sing the scriptures and that's really what, that's the origin of how we got verses. It's called a verse, um, because it was actually sung as a, like, it's almost like a verse of a song. Um, so just a little factoid. I think that maybe a few people don't know that, but that's, that's a little bit of history. It was actually originally sung. That's why we call them verses. Sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among the peoples, among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courtyards. Worship the Lord in holy attire. You know, as I read this, I just want to say this one. As I read this, I, I think about, you know, how did people, like when the tabernacle was standing or in the, in the temple, how did people actually bring their offerings and their sacrifices? I wonder if they brought them in. I wonder if it was like very jubilant or I wonder if it was like very, you know, like, I just wonder how, like what mannerisms the, the people had when they came before the priest to offer to present their offerings. Just a thought. Bring an offering and come into his courtyards. Worship the Lord in holy attire or in the, uh, in the splendor of holiness, the splendor of holiness down here. Yes. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. He will judge the peoples fairly. May the heavens be joyful and may the earth rejoice. May the sea roar in all it contains. May the field be jubilant in all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will, sit, will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. I, I got to say this. I got to say this. When I read this, I think about the, the um, testimonies of people who have died and been resuscitated, and they say that they go to a place where they call heaven or paradise. And they, they explain something very similar to this. The field is jubilant. Even the plants, even the flowers, even the wildflowers, even the grass worships God. And all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. And that's another thing, too, as well. I've heard the testimony so many times, so often, where um, people who, again, who they, they claim that they've had an experience where they go to a place that they call paradise or heaven. And I've heard this testimony so many times as well from multiple sources, where it's like, when the, when the Lord is coming, 
there's great jubilation. There's great, it's like, it's like everybody, all old and young, everybody <laughs> are like little children shouting and rejoicing. You know, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. You know, like he would start as like a little speck of white light or bright light and get closer and closer and closer till he's till he is till he's there. Just reminds me of that as I read this. Uh, Psalm 100. Psalm 100. All people exhorted to praise God, a, a psalm for thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Can you imagine, can you imagine if each church started this way, started their, their services this way? If each church, if every church started their services like this, shouting joyfully, serve the Lord with jubilation, come before him with rejoicing. Wow, that's, that's, that's just amazing to me. Know that the Lord, he himself is God. It is he who has made us and we, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courtyards with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. I know, I know, I repeat myself very often. And how many times have we read this just tonight? Well, this is at least at least twice so far. But it says this over and over again throughout the Tanakh. The Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. Yes, in the days of the Tanakh. Yes. Psalm 101. Psalm 101. The psalmist's profession of uprightness, a psalm of David. I will sing of mercy and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praises. I will carefully attend to the blameless way. The blameless way in the, in the way of integrity. I will carefully attend to the blameless way. When, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with the integrity of my heart. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall leave me. I will know no evil. Whoever secretly slanders his neighbor, him I will destroy. Beautiful. I will not endure him who has a haughty look and an arrogant heart. Remember, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. Verse 6, My eyes shall, shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. One who walks in a blameless way is one who will serve me. One who practices deceit shall not dwell within my house. This reminds me of the uh, book of Revelation where it talks about no, no deceit, no filth, no lie, nothing that you know, will enter 
the great city will come, if, you know, will live with God, basically. One who practices deceit, deceit shall not dwell within my house. One who speaks lies shall not maintain his position before me. Every morning I will destroy all the wicked of the land. Hi, Yes. So as to eliminate from the city of the Lord all those who do injustice. Wow. Well, yeah, what can I say? What can I say? And I think about how many contemporary Christian musicians and music artists, songwriters today, they pick and choose their favorite little flowery verses from the Psalms, you know, the the feel-good verses, and and they make their songs from that. But they conveniently... They don't uh, pick these kind of verses, don't do they? If they're going to sing a few verses of a psalm, I think it's, I think they should sing the whole psalm. Read, do the whole thing in context. Don't pick, don't pick and choose. Okay, so next up is Psalm one hundred five, then Psalm one thirty two, and then I'll get to your, I'll get to the live chat. Again, please put. Um, all right, Christopher, if you got something you want to bring to my attention specifically. Okay, the Lord's wonderful works in behalf of Israel. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonders. Excuse me. Boast in his holy name. May the, may the heart of those who seek the Lord be joyful. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgments spoken by his mouth. You descendants of Abraham, his servant, you sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham, and his oath to to Isaac. Then he confirmed it to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only few people in number, very few, and strangers in it. And they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to, a, to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do not harm my prophets. And he called for a famine upon the land, and he broke the whole staff of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They forced his feet into shackles. He was put into irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord refined him. The king sent and released him, the rulers of peoples, and set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to imprison his high officials at will that he might teach his elders wisdom. Israel also came into Egypt 
So Jacob lived in the land of Ham, and he made his people very fruitful, and he made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their heart to hate his people, to deal cunningly with his servants. He sent his servant Moses and Aaron, whom he had, whom he had chosen. They performed his, wonder, his wondrous acts among them and miracles in the land of Ham. The land of Ham being Egypt, or it could, could also be extended as far as like Africa and itself. He sent darkness and made it dark, and they did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He, he spoke, and a swarm of flies and gnats invaded all their territory. He gave them hail for rain and flaming fire in their land. He also struck their vines and their fig trees and smashed the trees of their territory. He spoke, and locusts came, and creeping locusts beyond number. And they ate all the vegetation of their land and ate the fruit of their ground. He also fatally struck all the firstborn in their land, the first fruits of all their victory. Then he brought the Israelites out with silver and gold. And among his tribes, there was not one who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed. For the dread of them had fallen upon the Egyptians. He spread out a cloud as a covering and fire to illuminate by night. They asked, and he brought quail and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water flowed out. It ran in the dry places like a river. For he remembered his holy word with his servant Abraham. And he led out his people with joy his chosen ones with a joyful a joyful shout. He also gave them the lands of the nations, that would be the Goy or the Goyim, the, the, the Gentiles, so that they might take possession of the fruit of the people's labor and that they might keep his statutes and comply with his laws. Praise the Lord. One more, Psalm 132, and then I'll get to your questions and comments and get to the live chat there. Prayer for the Lord's blessing upon the sanctuary, a song of ascents. Remember, Lord, in David's behalf, all his affliction, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. I will certainly not enter my house nor lie on my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard about it in Aphratha. We found it in the field of Ya'ar. Let's go into his dwelling place. Let's worship at his footstool. Arise, Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. May your priests be clothed with righteousness, and may your godly ones sing for joy. For the sake of your servant David, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. Quote, 
I will set upon your throne one from the fruit of your body. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I teach them, their sons also will sit upon your throne forever. Unquote. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it as his holy as his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her food. I will satisfy her needy with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her godly ones will sing aloud for joy. I will make the horn of David spring forth there. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. I will clothe his enemies with shame, but upon himself, his crown will gleam. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so I'm going to get to the live chat. Um, so those of you who are on TikTok, I'm going to shut off TikTok. Um, and so if you're on TikTok and you want to continue uh, with this fellowship, just hop on over to YouTube, okay? Uh, I, right now I'm live on YouTube. Just go over there, search for Christopher Enoch. You'll find me there. You'll find my channel there, and I'm live right now. Um, so please go on over to YouTube. Okay, guys? Blessings. See you over there. Okay. See what we got here on... Will at Sheepdog Ministries, can we can we review the MMT together sometime soon? Hey, that sounds like a good that's a good um yeah, that's a good idea for sure. That's a good idea. Mark says shalom, shalom, Mark. Good to see you. Um yeah. Okay. Um Okay, just see what we got here. By the way, uh, Will, uh, I think that would be great. I think that would be great, uh, a great thing. Maybe we can do that. Um, yeah, we'll, we can do that on a uh, another night in live stream, whatever. Sure, for sure. Uh, I I think that's an awesome an awesome uh, topic. Will, I got something I want to share with you. Um, I just got an email from Doctor Snyder. And I don't think he would mind if I read a little bit of it. Okay, so he um, he was just sharing about what he uh, what he uh, has what he would like to share on Friday. He said that he has. Um, he says, I know what I did last time was a lot of jargon and quoting Josephus. However, I would like to review and finish that up and bring in the martyrdom of, the martyrdom of James. He said, I enjoyed meeting Will. Can you send me his contact information? Okay, so, Will, if you're still there... Um, I'm not sure if Dr. Snyder is on TikTok, so I'm not sure exactly uh, what you uh, trying to think of how to do this. 
Will, if you're still there. Okay, so Will says, that all sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Please send him my contact info. Okay, just a question, Will. Um, the email, I, I, I've chatted with, I, I've, we went back and forth uh, on uh, email there um, was several months ago now, right? So that email that, that I used to contact you, is, do you want me to send him that email? I'm not sure if he's on TikTok. Would that email, would that be sufficient? I will send him your TikTok, your TikTok profile anyway. Just wanted to, yeah, that email or signal works. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll do that. I'll send him the email, your email address. Um, and your signal contact information and also your TikTok profile page as well. So hopefully, you know, he can get in contact with you somewhere, somehow that way. Um, yeah, that was awesome, wasn't it? Last uh, last Friday, that was awesome. And we got Psalm 119. Good to see you. Good to see you. Says, hey, finally able to catch you live again. Been busy working and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, wondering how, uh, how you're doing. Psalm 119, for those of you who don't know, because we get different people throughout here on Psalm 119, um, uh, definitely very familiar with Psalm 119 from several months ago, All lots and lots of, uh, yeah, lots of good fellowship there. All right, so um, actually, I know there's just a few of you that just, just hopped on now, but um, I'm going to have to wrap this up. What's going to happen is, Lord willing, from now till like you know, say let me see now so we got wednesday night tomorrow night thursday night uh, we'll be doing what we just did tonight reading the scriptures and you know all that kind of thing we got a lot of stuff to read uh just to give you guys a little bit of an idea of what's on the schedule um we got from Second Samuel, First Chronicles, and many different Psalms as well. So we're going to be going through a lot of different scripture there in the next couple nights. Friday night we have—I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be an awesome time. We have um, we have Will from Sheepdog Ministries and Doctor Snyder. He's got a Doctor Snyder's got a mitt full of things that he's itching to to share as well. So uh, Doctor Snyder's going to be with us on. By the way, Psalm 119, if you've never met or seen Dr. Snyder or the previous um, live streams that we did with him, I think you might you might enjoy Dr. Snyder as well. But he'll be with us again um, this coming Friday, Friday evening, 7 p.m. We're going to start pretty, I'm going to get things rolling pretty, pretty early right after seven and get, get Dr. Snyder on because I know that he doesn't really have as much time as um much of us do right he he usually only has a you know an hour and a half two hours at the most and he's got a he's got to go so he's got a lot of stuff he wants to share uh we'll get him on there and then we'll hang out after that uh with uh dr snyder as long as he can as long as he can stay on and uh will 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 be with us as well from uh from sheepdog ministry so it's going to be uh it's going to be awesome Oh, okay. So, uh, 
Psalm 119 says, I saw the last one you did with him. Uh, I had to watch it a few days after the fact, but it was good. Very interesting. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right, guys. Have a great night. As, as always, you guys are awesome. I appreciate every one of you. You guys are awesome. You guys are world changers. You guys are world changers. Take the knowledge that you, uh, and you guys know. You guys have it. You guys have it. Run with it. Run with it. I appreciate your fellowship. Appreciate your comments, your questions, and uh, you guys are just awesome. So I'll see you guys tomorrow night, as always. And I pray for each one of you, as always. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful, wonderful shalom. Amen. Amen. See you tomorrow night.